chance. Yenmark down the middle, scores! Matias Yenmark, short-handed goal. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at lvsportsnetwork.com. Puck comes out high. Watt gets the puck off to the races. Into the zone. The righty. Right circle. Backhander. He scores! What a move! Nicholas Watt gets the Knights back in the lead. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team. Exclusive player interviews and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace, Millard, Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Ryan, what is the number to call? 702-876-1340. I knew it, uh, but I want to make sure that uh, when you talk, people listen a little bit uh, more. I actually uh, conferred yeah. uh, with uh, with uh, Chris Chapman a little bit earlier about uh, whether or not we open up the phone lines for the entire half hour or for a little bit. And he said there's so much going on that we have to go the first full segment. So 702-876-1340. Call us right now. Uh, normally we do this on Mondays uh, to kick off the week, but yesterday was such a happening time in and around the Vegas Golden Knights with the change in the coaching staff that uh, we had uh, to pass along that news and that press conference involving Kelly McCrimmon. So today it is your time. 702-876-1340. We will also bring you uh, some of our favorites uh, to take over the Golden Knights uh, as the third head coach uh, in franchise history. That's coming up in just a little bit, plus the Salmon Ash Legal Minute and one-timers as we launch into round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, a little bit uh, later on today. But to start things off, Mike, welcome to the VGK Insider Show. Curious to see uh, and get uh, your take on what happened yesterday. Well, a few takes, if you'll permit me, and I will read them and remember them and then you can comment on any or all of them. Uh, I don't understand why Kelly McCrimmon was not asked a very pointed question, and that doesn't mean he would have answered it. Did he contemplate firing Coach DeBoer when Barry Trotz became available? Did it suddenly, oh, the, the lane is clear now. Let's go ahead and, and make, the, make the move. Secondly, I see Mike Rosati at every practice. Nobody works harder, not players, not coaches, not anybody. Why does he have to interview and Ryan Craig gets a pass? That's a question I have to ask. And then the other one is this, and this was telling, the most telling part of the entire press conference was when Kelly McCrimmon was asked about Robin Leonard. His response was, surgery went well, as we know. I could have said that. And then he went on and said, is that all the questions about Robin or indicating that? And he was enthusiastically waiting for the opportunity to talk about Mark Stone and his progress. It sounded to me, I don't know if it did to you guys, that Robin Leonard is in the rearview mirror and Mark Stone is not. That's what I gleaned from the press conference. Let me work backwards on this, Mike. Uh, Robin Leonard, I think you're reading way too much into that. Uh, The Mark Stone uh, development was Big, big news. Uh, the last time that we talked to Kelly McCrimmon, there was uh, 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 
wavering, not wavering, but uh, un, undecision uh, as far as where they were going to go with that. And uh, surgery is the the path. So that was uh, that was big news. Uh, Mike Rosati, the goalie coach, uh, contract is up. So the new coach will uh, interview him. Specialized position. I understand that. Uh, I, and and if it's me, I'm I'm right with you. I love Mike. Uh, I think he's great at his job. Uh, I, I think that uh, that uh, I hope that uh, that he's back. But uh, he works extremely hard. As far as trots, uh, I think Kelly addressed that. Uh, if I'm wrong, uh, Ryan Wallace, correct me. But uh, I don't think that there is any uh, tie-in between Barry Trotz uh, being available, whether he hires Barry Trotz and becomes the favorite uh, or not, uh, any any parallel uh, or coincidence with the, the Pete DeBoer situation. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, Kelly was asked about Barry Trotz. Barry Trotz's name did come up in, in the press conference, and, you know, it was it was kind of one of those situations where Kelly essentially said, with respect to any potential candidates that are out there, uh, we're not going to discuss much of, of what that's going to be until there's kind of a deal in place with somebody to be the next coach. And the fact of the matter is, you're not trying to tip your hand. You're trying to to spread or cast a wide net here um, in, in trying to be thorough, in trying to interview as many candidates as possible and maybe open it up to go in a couple of different directions. So I see no reason to pigeonhole yourself into one candidate or, or make it known that that's a name that you're, you're after you're focused on. Yeah. And I don't think you, uh, you uh, make a change with your coach uh, with the uh, eyes on another coach. If, if you haven't already had that conversation and you're doing a quick changeover, and that's not the case uh, with Barry Trotz. Uh, Mike, uh, thank you. 702-876-1340. Welcome to the VGK Insider Show. Stephanie? Hey, how are you guys doing? Good. How are you? I'm okay. Um, I, I'm really conflicted about Pete DeBoer being fired. I'm, I'm sad about it because he genuinely seems like a really great human being. Um, and I... I talked about it on Twitter, actually, but one of the things that always stood out to me was that he always addressed um, anybody that was asking him a question during media availability by name. Like, he just, like, gave off the impression that, you know, everything else aside, he's a really good human being. So I really hope and wish for just the best for him, no matter where that takes him. Um, Unfortunately, like, it just wasn't that surprising. Surprising, like it was surprising the timing of him being fired, but it wasn't that surprising that it happened. Like it just felt like something that was going to, you know, someone was going to end up being scapegoated. And I feel bad. I'm hoping still that past his firing, they back off and don't make a ton of huge changes, right? Get a new coach and work with what we have and retain as much as possible and move forward from there. Uh, Stephanie, great uh, great point on Pete, uh, referring to everybody by name, and that was uh, on the Zoom is when we kind of really got a hold of that, and that continued uh, uh, throughout, and he would uh, pop the name into the middle of his answer uh, quite a bit. Uh, awesome stuff, a great observation, and uh, yeah, being able to run this team back is, is my uh, first instinct, and uh, it won't be with the same coaching staff, uh, but uh, I hope that there's as few changes as possible. Todd, you've uh, dialed up 702-876-1340. You're on the VGK Insider Show. What's happening, guys? How are you? I'm good. I'm glad they got rid of DeBoer because I never 
liked him anyhow because he was from the Sharks, and I don't think he did that great a job for us, even though his record showed any any coach could have did that good with, with the talent we have on the team. Todd, that's so ridiculous. That, that, that's my Todd, opinion. Todd, 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 that's ridiculous. No, it's true. No, it's, it's not. It's true. No. It's true. But nevertheless, I Todd, don't care who the next coach right is, now, but I I'm think it's kind of crazy that we're going to have three coaches team, in five years. The, you know, to me, that's, I don't know what they're trying to do, and uh, and I hope they don't get Barry Trotz, too. That that would be that would be a mistake. Well, uh, why why Barry? Just he's he's not the fit we need for our team. Okay. I don't know who that is, but it isn't him. Sounds like you, Todd would be the best pick for for this team by by no, Todd. No, I'm, I'm not a hockey coach, but I like Gerard Gallant. I you know I didn't think he should have been fired when he got fired, but that's my opinion. We should have led with but that. It just that, seems that like we're unstable at the coaching all of a sudden, you know? <laughs> yeah. Three coaches and after the first five seasons, that's – and with good records for, for every coach in every season, it just seems like – I don't know what the, what they're what's going on. Todd, uh, I'm going to put you down into the uh, Gerard uh, category. Uh, thank you for the call. Appreciate uh, you dialing us up, and uh, we know exactly where your loyalties lie. Uh, back to the phone line, 702-876-1340. Stephanie, number two, you're on the VGK Insider Show. Good to talk to you. Hi, guys. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. So I don't even know how to follow that conversation. Nope. Well, that was um, more of a so speech. Gonna in- <laughs> We're going to go into a different direction. Um Part of the conversations I know with the locker room cleanout and even the press conference yesterday was about identity. So everybody's talking about, you know, having four complete lines and running with four lines, but they're also talking about, you know, being more physical. Is there a way we can do both? Because I feel like most times it's either one or the other. Yeah, there's probably a, a way to uh, to mix in a little more physicality, uh, and that will be up to the next head coach. Uh, they definitely made a, a strategic uh, and conscious uh, change this year from last year, Stephanie, uh, in trying to add a little bit more offense uh, to that fourth line and be able to score some more goals. But they never really had the fourth line in its true construction or intention uh, most of the year, which also uh, affected that, Ryan. Yeah, I feel like we. I agree. Fully. Together. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Yeah. In that. Yeah, I, I agree in that the fourth line for the Golden Knights is one that should be able to do both. It should be able to get in on a four check and, and bang some bodies and create the, those moments of physicality that you're looking for, but also find ways to put the puck in the back of the net. I, I think. We we might lose sight at times that the fourth line for the Golden Knights was supposed to be some combination of Will Carrier, Brett Howden, Nolan Patrick, and Keegan Colasar. Like if yeah. everyone was healthy and all things being equal, that's what your fourth line was going to be. And if you can't get energy out of Will Carrier and Keegan Colasar on your fourth line and some goals, which you did, uh, then then that's an issue. I, I don't think that the physicality is going to be too much of an issue if this team can stay healthy and if the, the balance and the proper uh, configuration of the lineup is where it needs to be. What do you think of that, Stephanie? I absolutely agree. I think that's a, that's a great way to put it. Um, it's just It's hard to speak to identity, and it's hard to speak to any of that when we really didn't get to see it. 
yeah. um, last season. So I'm looking forward to, you know, what this new head coach does. Um, I'm going to reserve all comments, questions, and concerns until we know more about him. Um, also, I want to send positive, healthy vibes to Mark Stone. I know he's going to be having surgery tomorrow. So just wishing him the best of luck with that. We uh, we will uh, pass that along to Mark uh, as he gets ready to uh, undergo that procedure. Thanks, Stephanie. Appreciate it. Rob uh, is standing by, but first it's Rita on the VGK Insider Show. Rita, long time no talk. Looks like uh, Rita's call has dropped, so let's go to Rob, and hopefully we can reconnect uh, with Rita. Hi, Rob. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Hey, uh, quick question. Um Jokingly, how much cap space did we clear on that move? Uh, Seriously. (laughs) Besides trots being talked about, who else is in the market do you think is a potential that would fit where the Knights seem to go? And a follow-up to that is, um, with us having two coaches in five years, are we a destination place for a, a coach to come to? Oh, absolutely! This is a Stanley Cup contender. I think uh, there's a lineup uh, of coaches that would that would like to to grab the reins uh, of this team. Uh, as far as the trots thing, by the way, the, we're going to give our picks uh, for the top three candidates. And Darren Elliott's actually walked in the studio, so uh, we'll we'll do that uh, in a little bit uh, bit okay. on the first hour of the VGK Insider Show. But the trots conversation, uh, I still firmly believe that he's going to Winnipeg. Uh, there's a couple of reports out there that kind of back that up today, uh, but. Uh, He's been interviewed in Winnipeg. I think that's where he ends up. Not a guarantee, but I think that's where he ends up. So uh, looking at the tea leaves, uh, he won't be on my top three uh, because of that. Uh, but, uh, but I think that uh, even with, uh, with your assumption that uh, two coaches uh, in the first five years uh, is, is quite a few, I think there's still a lot of people that, uh, that would love to grab uh, an opportunity to coach this team. Okay. Be interesting to see the next few days. We will uh, watch with great interest. Uh, Rob, uh, thank you very much uh, for dialing us up. Uh, 702-876-1340. Still trying to reconnect uh, with Rita. Uh, We have uh, had Darren Elliott uh, walk into the studio. Put that headset back on. There you are. Darren Elliott, fresh back from the the Tour of the National uh, broadcast on Turner. How was that? That was lots of fun. Um, I mean, everybody knows here that it hurts it stings a little bit when you don't make the playoffs you're reminded when you go to the markets where they're having playoff games how exciting it is and for me uh to be ice level uh for turner um right where the action is uh was really cool to do one of the coolest things i've done um in broadcasting was to do a national game with my local compadres right with, with our sure and yeah, yeah like like to do do with that together um was was so much fun and uh you know the, the guys are so good shane i mean he's now he's certified everybody knows that the, that the secret's out how good he is right i mean he's he, he's doing games in this round um for turner so you, you've got eddie o who's typically viewed as the number one has been for a long time and you've got uh, ray ferraro on the other network um, and you change those, those are the top now you'd have to go by the other top three analysts in the business. And, uh, it was 
a lot of fun to do that game together. Shane will be working the Colorado-St. Louis series uh, for Turner. Back to the phone line, 702-876-1340. Uh, Ryan, it's good to talk to Papa Lou. Papa Lou, how are you? Good afternoon, guys. I'm doing great. Hey, uh, you know, one name that isn't being discussed at all, and I, I don't figure out why great it would be a great fit for the organization and for the town is Reggie Dunlop. I mean, how do you not consider him? Uh, he's he's uh, <laughs> the game's changed a lot since Reggie coached. Well, you got to bring back old time hockey, eh? <laughs> the foil. Bring back the foil, man. Hey, you know, seriously, I'm 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 in no mood to talk seriously about this, but I want to yeah. throw something out to you guys. Total okay. hypothetical, never going to happen. But if Torts was available, which he is, and Daryl Sutter was available. From the viewpoint of guys that have to do interviews with either of those two, who would you want to have as your head coach? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question. Now, Torts is more uh, back and forth. Daryl doesn't give you a lot, but is still entertaining. So they're different uh, in, in the entertainment factor. Uh, I think you have to be more on your toes uh, with Torts. Uh, thanks, offering thanks some asking. some rebuttals, uh, but uh, but I I'm a big fan uh, of Daryl, especially the montages. Uh, they used to play a game. I think I've told you guys this uh, in L.A. on the scoreboard. They would throw it up yep. there, and players would have to they would play some Daryl clips, and players would have to decide whether the team won or lost that game because it was so hard to to uh, to, to figure out Daryl. Uh, like that that's fun, that's entertaining. Uh, but uh, but both are very different than what we've dealt with with uh, with Pete DeBoer and before that Gerard Gallant, Lou. Well, and, you know, I, I go back a little bit with uh, with Coach Gallant to some of the exchanges between him and Shang Pang when he was still here, and uh, he would get uh, he would get under Gerard's skin a little bit, and so I immediately thought back to those days when I thought about the possibility of having one of those two guys around. You know the funny thing, Lou, is is uh, when you talk about Tortorella, his demeanor at the podium is totally different than Torts five feet away, and I'm having a conversation with him. It's <laughs> it's it's night and day. Like I I love hanging out with Torts, and I've done that uh, several times. But at the podium, he's just he he goes into into coach speak. So uh, there's there's two sides of of Torts, and Daryl is is like that too. Yeah, uh, you you get Daryl off to the side. It's it's much different than uh, than he's uh, when he's at at, at the podium. Uh, thanks, Lou. Appreciate it. Uh, be well. Uh, uh, awesome stuff. Uh, appreciate the call uh, from 702-876-1340. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, and Darren Elliott is with us for a couple of minutes because he walked in and he's in the studio and he's got a headset on. Uh, uh, Wallace, we haven't had a chance to talk to, to Elliott, but uh, you, you watched uh, yesterday the, the, the press conference. Uh, mm-hmm. Interesting uh, situation as you try and reflect on this 24 hours later, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that you know, again, it's one of those situations where the reasoning, the can you follow the logic, right? And to me, I think you can. This is an opportunity, and it's a unique opportunity in the context of the Golden Knights organization that you have a long off season, you have an ability to do a, a full reset if that's what you're looking to do. And I, I think that to, to make the most of the next four and a half months, you have to make that decision early on, and, and that's ultimately what Kelly McCrimmon is doing. He's trying to set this team up on the best possible footing come next season because 
now that this season's over, the, the, the most important season that you have coming up is the one in front of you, and, and that's really where it's, it, it, it begins and ends for me with the Golden Knights. You absorb that, uh, Darren? Yeah, the, what I take uh, – how are you doing, Ryan? Didn't mean to hijack hey, the show, Darren. guys. <laughs> but uh, let's think of how hockey has been played over the last couple of seasons. It's been con- pretty consecutive, almost contiguous, right? So yeah. it, it's if you're looking for a break, because there hasn't been one emotionally, physically um, for this group, it, it's either take a deep breath – and come back with the same, or you go, you know what, we've gone through all. And, and, and Kelly, uh, he, he did acknowledge that. He said, you know, Pete and his staff has taken us through a, a sequence of, of hockey like we've never seen before. It's like, okay, then we're, this, he chose this path. Let's, let's take it as a breaking point. And, um, again, uh, the logic is there. Uh, Roster-wise, there's going to have to be a couple of changes. Uh, the most intriguing one is is probably in goal. Uh, how that is is handled and and developed and uh, produced uh, on the ice next year. And, and we're we're watching the Logan Thompson do a marvelous job of the World Championships. Right, and, and so his emergence and the two incumbents are both under the knife. Yeah. You know, so so you don't really know their timelines in terms of availability. So there, there's lots of questions at, at that position, certainly. Uh, Ryan, what's the one question if you were interviewed as the uh, potential head coach? Uh, what's the question that you would have uh, for management uh, before you took the job? Um, the the question that I would have for management uh, is is basically, you know, what what are the expectations for this hockey club? outside of the Stanley Cup, right? Like in terms of identity, in terms of how the expectation is for for the Golden Knights to to compete every single day, what are the expectations outside of the ultimate goal that we're striving for on a day-to-day basis? I I think that's kind of going to be important to to kind of establish those benchmarks and establish those those ideas and, and those those expectations you have to hit on a daily basis. Uh, I'm curious from you guys, are we looking at a player's coach? Are we looking at more of a harder coach in your minds or predictions? Uh, we'll get uh, Elliot to uh, hang out with me for a couple more minutes here in Studio 31 at City National Arena. Back with Ryan Wallace and Chris Chapman on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Uh, by the way, we talked to Rita via text, and the power went out. So that's why her call dropped. So everything's great. Uh, love to update you on uh, Rita and uh, what's happening. Thanks to everybody who dialed in, 702-876-1340. Uh, we promised yesterday to give you uh, some of our predictions, our thoughts on the coaching change as we turn the page. Didn't think it was quite right yesterday. Uh, too fresh. Uh, 24 hours later, we're starting to hear uh, some names and some candidates out there. Uh, we wanted to uh, give you our top three. And uh, we, we were going to go five, but we've added another body in here with Darren Elliott, who I'm like basically holding hostage here at Studio 31. Uh, my car keys. Your, your top three candidates uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Chapman, why don't you start us off? All right. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna throw one out there. Um, not sure what the odds are. In fact, I, I would never make odds on something like this because I'm terrible at it, but I'm going to put Ryan Craig's name 
on the list. There's a reason the team's kept him around through two head coaches, right? This would be his third if, if he's uh, part of the staff. He knows the team. He knows the city. He understands what the expectations are. And while maybe not necessarily a new voice, he would be a new voice in that particular role. So, uh, you know, I mean, he, he's a young guy. I think, you know, not not too far away from his playing days. So there may be a way he he's able to connect with some of these players. And I, why not why not put his name out there? All right. Number two. Number two for me would be Jim Montgomery, uh, former Dallas Stars coach. And I understand there were there were some personal reasons why he was relieved of his duty as coach of the Dallas Stars. But he's a winner. He won in the USHL. He won a national championship at what is it, Denver? Uh, he was off to a pretty decent start with Dallas. I like the I like his style um, okay. as, as far as a, uh, a, a, a his, he sets up his lines. He likes a puck possession guy. He All right, he's an assistant coach with St. Louis right now. Yes, uh, and number one. Well, I mean, I don't know how you don't put for me. I don't know how I don't put Barry Trotz as number one. He's probably the best name out there, uh, one of the best head coaches of all time, Stanley Cup winner, and uh, he. He's got a good connection with Robin Leonard, and I think that that's really, really important. Uh, number three all-time in NHL wins. Number two is suspended right now in Joel Quenville, but is under contract. And number one is also available in Scotty Bowman, but I don't think there's any chance of uh, Scotty Bowman uh, leaving his <laughs> retirement. Uh, those are the top three for Chris Chapman, uh, Barry Trotz, Jim Montgomery, and Ryan uh, So what do we have from Ryan Wallace? All right, so Barry Trotz is in my top three. He's not my number one pick, and to be completely honest with you, the more I sit and think about it, the more I, I tend to think that Barry Trotz is not going to be the next coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, but I, I think you put him in there. He's the the best coach right now in, in the game that's available, and I think you, you can't really turn a blind eye to that. Now, that all being said, I'm not going for conventional here at all. I'm going off the board because – that's what I bring to the table, and that's what I'd like to see. So number two, Patrick Waugh. Um, it, it's been a while since Patrick Waugh has been in the NHL. I, I think that if you can get Patrick back to the NHL, it's good for the league. This is a guy that just is entertaining. That's that's it. That's all. And to me, I, I think a little bit of, of fresh air, a little bit of a, a different voice, it's, it's pretty new. You can't really uh, – discount that so i i would love to see selfishly patrick waugh in in the running here um and then the the one that i'm gonna throw way off the board is uh ricard gromberg uh you talk about communication you talk about you know a guy that that would be completely new to the nhl game and a very very different voice i, I think that fits the bill for me right there um, and he's seen incredible success in world championships, in world juniors. So I, I, I think you, you could win at, at any level there. And it appears that we've got some technical difficulties on Darren Millard's side. So as we just kind of went into our three picks, hopefully we can get Darren reconnected here uh, in just a, a few moments. Now, I, you know, to me, I, I look at the, the coaching vacancy for the Golden Knights and, and there's options and opportunities in front of you know, a, a lot of different directions. Now, you know, one thing that I find interesting is, you, you know, Darren had mentioned Joel Quinville is suspended. I, I do wonder if that's even an idea or a thought or a possibility at any point in time moving forward for, for really any club, not just the Golden Knights, but just any club. There's a lot of 
a lot of hockey teams right now that are in the market for coaches. And and I guess Chris Chapman, while we wait to get Darren and Darren back up and running, um, like how how much time do you think needs to pass before Joel Quinville is considered or or is that something you think will happen again? Well, this is a it's a tough question because certainly I, I feel like what he did or or more aptly apropos didn't do is, is kind of it, it's vile. Um, so yeah. I, I, I can't really answer that question because I don't know how you put a time frame on that like to me. The, the the effects on what happened to Kyle Beach are way more important than Joel Quinville coaching in the NHL again because I I, I think yeah, that's I that's the the more important issue. You know I I could care less if Joel Quinville ever coaches in the NHL again. I'm more concerned with Kyle Beach and 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 the effects this has on him. And if the league decides that Quinville won't be suspended, then you know what I mean. He he was fired. From from his tenure with the Florida Panthers, and and he he obviously is serving a suspension. I just don't know how you put a time frame on something like that because I, I I just I just feel it's one of those things that if they even if it's five years, there's going to be people who say you know what that's that's not long enough, and there's going to be people out there who say you know what he served a year that's long enough. So it, it, it's a tough question. I really don't know how to answer that, and I I, I can't really mm-hmm. give you an answer, but. I will say this, like I said, if I, if I could care less if he ever coaches in the NHL again. Yeah, to me, one year is is not enough. So, it, it, like, just again, that'll be kind of a, an interesting thing to keep an eye on as you uh, as you have coaches. Now, I, you have my three. I've got your three. I, you know, I, I think the the idea that both of us have Barry Trotz on. Um, our top three gives you an idea of the respect that we have for Barry Trotz. But you know, the more I sit and think about it, the more I'm really not convinced that Barry Trotz will be the next coach. Like, do you legitimately believe Barry Trotz is the front runner right now for the Golden Knights? I I, I don't know because I I think if he was, I think the team would would have. I don't want to say they would have acted the way they did when when they fired Gerard Glant because obviously that was a completely different situation. You're in the middle of a season. You're in the middle of a road trip. So you needed a guy to be able to coach the team. You don't have to do that right now. You can take your time. But something tells me that if Trotz was the guy, he probably, from by, by from what I've read this morning, he was in Winnipeg talking to the team already. So I, I have to imagine if he wasn't, the guy, or if he was the guy, I don't think he'd be interviewing in Winnipeg right now. Yeah, you know, I I don't get the sense that that's the case. Like, if I'm Barry Trotz, and and I don't know, maybe maybe I I, I would feel differently about it if I was you know that successful at at, at coaching hockey. But I would want to see what options are out there. If I'm Barry Trotz, I'm not in a rush at all. Like, I want to go to Winnipeg. I want to go to Vegas. I want to go to Philadelphia. I want to go to all the different places that I can envision coaching. And then I want to take everything into account before making a decision. There's no rush if I'm Barry Trotz to have to pick my next destination. So I I think meeting in Winnipeg, I think getting kind of that preliminary um, correspondence out of the way is important for sure. But I don't know that, that I believe that precludes him from also doing that here in Vegas. I think that you you 
owe it to yourself if you're Barry. Unless you are gung-ho, right? Unless you are 100% focused, ready to go, you want to coach the Winnipeg Jets, I feel like you have to do some due diligence in just seeing what other jobs are out there and what situations might be best for you. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. You know, the funny thing with Winnipeg is I think Winnipeg has a really good team. Like, they're, they're, they're set in, in goal. That's probably the most important position that you need to be set in. Blake Wheeler is a really good player. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois is a really good player. They've got some really good players up there in Winnipeg. Uh, defensively, maybe maybe not so much. But I, I kind of feel like that's something where Barry Trotz can, can kind of make his mark if it was with Winnipeg because it seems like if you look at those Islanders teams, they won with defense first. So, um yeah, I, I I could see that as well. Maybe maybe taking your time, seeing what else is out there. Uh, we don't know if other jobs are going to open up. I mean, obviously the season just ended a couple days ago for Toronto and and a couple of other teams. So we don't know the situations. You know, Mike Sullivan in, in Pittsburgh is going into the last year of his deal, um, and they 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 were bounced out of the playoffs, blew a three one lead in that in that series. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you you might be on you might be onto something. I I still don't. I'm still not convinced that Barry Trotz is the front runner for this organization. I think that's that's probably the overwhelming favorite by the fans. But mm-hmm. there there's some really good candidates out there. I mean, there there's guys out there who have won Stanley Cups. Mike Babcock being one. John Tortorella. Sure. Uh, you know, so so Trotz isn't so the let's, only let's guy. Let's pause there. Okay. Let's let's pause there then. If you're looking at Babcock and you're looking at Tortorella, which which one? Like, if, if you had to narrow it down between those two, which guy are you choosing? Uh, that's tough, right? Because they both won Stanley Cups, what, in the last decade, right? Or or in the previous decade. Was it 2000 to 2010? I think, what was Tortorella? 04, I think. And and mm-hmm. and Babcock, was was he the last one with Detroit? So, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I think it's a tough call. I think Tortorella brings brings a lot of energy and I, I think you you were the one who said it yesterday about Babcock working really well with with veteran players. Mm-hmm. So so that's that's something to maybe consider as well because I'm a veteran laden team. Um, there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of rookies who will be breaking through. So so maybe Babcock would be a, a good choice there because of his his track record. I think Tortorella would be fun only because he would yell and scream at us. <laughs> like yeah. like uh, you know it, it sounds terrible but I, I i would probably laugh in the press conference as he's going off on somebody so he would probably not like me very much because i i always think well, it's funny when 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 guys lose their mm-hmm. lose their minds like that i mean i love watching the old clips of him with the rangers or with the lightning where he just blows a gasket uh but he's a really good coach you know, he's, he's, he's got over so, 500 wins, two Jack Adams awards. So so that's a tough decision, too, between Babcock and Tortorella if those were the two guys. So the, the interesting thing for me is John Tortorella, and this kind of goes back to Papa Lou's question, like John Tortorella is more explosive, but I feel like there's been a shift a, a bit with torts, right? Like it's not – as combative as it was in the past, even with Columbus, even with kind of the the, the issues surrounding Pierre Luc Dubois, like I, I thought John Tortorella handled all that really well and didn't yeah he did. didn't resort to some of the things that we've seen from John in the past. And I think that there's kind of a misconception about Torts as not being a player's coach. Like I think when you are able 
to get a Columbus Blue Jackets team to buy in so hard that you're able to knock off one of the best regular season teams in the playoffs in a sweep. Oh, and that team has gone on to win two consecutive Stanley Cups and they're on the precipice of doing it a third time. Like, I think that really says something about your ability to get people to buy in. So I would probably lean toward Tortorella, not because I want the fun and witty and interesting uh, press conferences, but because I think that there's there's a good bridge there with Torts as the guy that can motivate, that can bring you closer to your goals. But also, I think there's an element to being a player's coach. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and here's the thing. He benched Patrick Laine, and then Patrick Laine mm-hmm. played really well after that. So he's not afraid yep. to bench a superstar player. He's not afraid to put your best player on the bench if he's underperforming or if he's not bought in. John Tortorella is the last yeah, coach. I agree. He's the last coach to beat John Cooper in a playoff series. I, I mean, that that says something. And and Tortorella That's your resume right there. That that's 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 pretty impressive. They're they're the last team to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in the playoffs. And we're going back now three years. So yeah, it, it, it's it's impressive. I, I think maybe because, like you said, it, it's a lot more fresh and new. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, I I can't help but think that Mike Babcock's last game coaching in the NHL was at T-Mobile Arena. Um, sure. So so that 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 that's some irony there. If if he was hired here as as a head coach of the Golden Knights, the fact that it was a Golden Knights game that uh, ultimately led to him being fired. So yeah, it, there, there's a lot of really good names out there, Ryan. You know, it, it is interesting, and I, I am curious, once we get Darren back on the program, uh, what his top three selections were going to be. I, I did want to dive a little bit deeper into Ricard Gronberg just a little bit more to give my thoughts, my process, why I'm looking in that direction. But uh, that will be for another day as we've got to take a break, and we'll be back with the Legal Minute with SamAndAshLaw.com right here on the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. It's time for the Legal Minute with Sam and Ash on the VGK Insider Show. It's time for the Legal Minute with Sam and Ash Injury Law. Sam and Ash dot com because you deserve what's right. We are joined by Sam and Sam. I, I, before we get into the story, because there's there's a lot of elements here, that, and I'll be honest, like cryptocurrency, I, I am I am a complete novice when it comes to anything cryptocurrency. But before we get into that, I, the biggest <laughs> news story here for the Vegas Golden Knights is is certainly uh, the the fact that the team has has relieved head coach Pete DeBoer of his duties. They're in search for a, a new coach, so you know, kind of consolidating your thoughts over the last 24 hours as a, a Golden Knights fan. Wow. Okay. Well, first off, I, because she's not here, Ash is not with us today. I think we should volunteer her as the new coach of the VGK. Um, I could see her <laughs> getting in there and giving them good pep talks and motivating the players. And, uh, you know, I, 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 as good as anybody, look, I, I don't, I don't know. Did the season fail because we had a, a series of players that got injured and couldn't play and weren't playing at their best? Um, was it a motivational issue? Uh, I, I have to trust at some level the team management felt that a change was, was warranted. And it's, you know, a lot of times it's, you don't get to keep a job based on your effort or based on how good of a person yeah. you are. You, you, 
you keep your job based on results. And yeah, we made the playoffs last year, but if I remember correctly, we kind of hung in there like uh, it was uh, not the best, not our not our finest hour. I mean, we 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 gave it a great effort, but we got sloppy. And so so I think that sloppiness then carried into this year, which combined with some bad luck, resulted in in a less than optimal season. So the, ultimately, the buck stops with the with the coach, and the coach is an important part of the team. And and I've got to presume they made a decision that uh, that is that is ultimately going to be for the better. So speaking of not optimal, uh, losing somewhere in the ballpark of $750,000 is not optimal. And that's the story that we're going to get into right now. Calvin Chang is claiming that T-Mobile violated federal laws that impose security regulations to ensure against hacking and outright stealing. Uh, Chang claims that in 2018 he was a victim of a SIM swap, uh, which is kind of a, a criminal third party convincing a wireless carrier to transfer access from one of its legitimate customers to a SIM card controlled by the criminal. Like, how, how does that even happen? And, and, and it, it, as a consumer, like, if you find out about it in 2018 and then something happens as we're going to find out in 2020, like, how much onus is, of that is on you as the consumer? Well, I, 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 the way I read it and I understand it is that he found out about the fraud back then and he's been trying to sort things out with them and now is okay. finally filing, filing suit. But, but here, the, real, the real thing is, number one, uh, not everyone loses $750,000 in Bitcoin, but these mm-hmm. frauds against you know, where, where these guys decide to hack your phone and basically create a duplicate SIM card by pretending to be you and talking to your phone company, this happens and it's scary. And then with your phone number, right? Think of all the things of your accounts that are tied to your phone number. So if somebody's walking around with a duplicate phone, it's a, it's a big deal. What, what people have to do with their accounts is secure them. Two-factor authorizations are very important. Um, see if, you know, where you've got to put in a password and a text getting sent to you. So, you, you know, you've, you've got to, you, you've got to lock everything up beyond just send a text because you, at any point in time, somebody really can mimic your phone number. And, and, and with that, uh, unfortunately, a lot of times, a lot of accounts are opened up, including bank accounts. Yeah, so uh, that kind of leads us into the the 2020 allegation that uh, the the T-Mobile allowed one of the criminals, uh, third party, to access the a cryptocurrency trading company that Chang was a customer of, uh, and essentially convinced him to transfer 15 bitcoins to a digital wallet. Uh, he believed he was going that he was believed was going to a trading company, and and those bitcoins valued at about $50,000 a pop. So I guess the question that I have, like, is this a legitimate federal security law being broken? And and what do you see as the outcome for this case? Well, I don't even, it's not even a question of a federal securities law. I mean, and I know that's one of his allegations, but I think it's a simple, it's, it's a simple negligence action. It may even be uh, may may even be worse than that. I mean, this may be gross negligence. So again, uh, these the companies, the, the T-Mobile is under certain legal obligation to, and every phone provider is to maintain the security and privacy of your 
personal phone account. And so it will come down to what protocols they followed to verify that this person that the scammer calling in was and asking for a duplicate SIM card. How did they, did they follow their own protocols to verify that that person was legit, which they clearly were not. And I think that if, if they, if they didn't follow protocols and if they didn't, if their or if their own protocols were, are going to be found to be wholly inadequate, then, then I think this guy's got a case and it's, it's a very simple, like I said, potentially a simple negligence claim. It, and if, if the protocols were, were not sufficient, like how, how do you see this kind of changing the landscape of, you know, other companies being able to shut down these types of fraudulent acts before they impact the consumer? Well, look, I mean, if the company gets hit for $750 million plus attorney's fees, yeah. that's going to hurt, yeah. right? So it's going to change some amount of behavior. And when people say, well, it's just doing for the money and this and that, and lawyers and bad lawyers and this and that, a lot of times, I will tell you, on lawsuits that I've been on where insurance companies don't do the right thing and they, and they jerk people around and they get hit for big money, guess what happens? Downstream of that case, downstream of that trial, all, you have the ins- that, that insurance company that got hit for $20 million, $25 million, that hurt, and they begin handling claims better and in a more fair way. And it results for a lot of other people who I don't even represent, who, who aren't my clients, it results in them getting, getting a better result, frankly, when they go to the insurance company and present their claims. So, you know, seeking justice and, and, and getting, you know, and, and again, if, if, if T-Mobile here screwed up and if they are lax in their verification procedures and they're just blowing things this off and, and go, yeah, not our problem. Yeah, we'll send anybody a SIM card. That's, that's a big deal. And it, there's a reasonable expectation that we have that, we, that our phones are secure and that the, the, the utility company that is providing us with that phone and that phone number is keeping our information secure. So it, it could result very well in, in, in some changes that will be good for all consumers. That's why we ask you the tough questions, and that is why you are our lawyers. It's Sam and Ash, The Legal Minute. Uh, Thanks so much, to Sam, for joining us. If somebody needs to get in contact with you, if they are seeking justice, all they need to do, pick up the phone, 702-820-1234, and you can get on the line with Sam and Ash Injury Law and ask, ask your questions so that you can be taken care of incredibly well. Sam, thanks so much for joining, joining us here on The Legal Minute, and we'll chat with you next week.